coming up this evening, live from New York City. The Federal Reserve delivering the biggest rate hike since 1994, an attempt to cool down the economy and tame inflation. As interest rates move higher, what does that mean for home prices? Are they coming down? We ask people in the industry what they're seeing. Caterpillar ditching Illinois and moving its headquarters to Texas. Some other big companies are leaving the state too. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us. Chenny Wu here for NTD Business. Retail sales dropped three-tenths of a percent in May compared with April. The high cost of gas and food is forcing many Americans to cut spending on other items. It's significant because consumer spending is a big part of the American economy. Gas station spending rose 4% in May. And this number is going to hurt. It was up more than 43% from a year ago. Spending at grocery stores, where prices are also higher, rose 1.2% compared with April. It was up close to 9% from a year ago. Inflation has kept consumer spending high in recent months. But the shift to higher spending at gas stations and grocery stores is an alarm bell for the U.S. economy. The Federal Reserve is moving faster to try to fight inflation. At a press conference today, its chairman admitted prices are rising faster than the Fed predicted. The Fed uses interest rates to manipulate the economy. During the pandemic, it lowered interest rates to stimulate the economy. But this is inflationary. Today, to fight inflation, it raised its key interest rate by 0.75%. That's the biggest single increase in decades. Many worry higher interest rates could slow the economy into a recession. But the Fed feels the economy is strong enough to withstand it. The sales going down, but overall, spending is very strong. The consumer's in really good shape financially. They're spending. There's no sign of a broader slowdown that I can see in the economy. The chairman is confident we'll avoid a recession, but Fed officials are predicting a slowdown. They've cut their growth forecasts for 2023 and 2024. Inflation is weighing on economic growth. Powell admits there are certain types of inflation that are out of its control. That includes price increases caused by the conflict in Ukraine. The chairman didn't talk about how the number of dollars in circulations skyrocketed during the pandemic. The Fed controls the money supply. New dollars added to the economy dilute the value of the dollars already in circulation. This means your dollars now buy less. The Fed did say it'll speed up a process of taking dollars out of the system. How will the Fed's decision affect the economy? NTD's Don Ma spoke with Vance Ginn about the interest rate hike. Ginn is a former associate director for economic policy of the Office of Management and Budget. The Fed raised interest rates by three-quarters of a percent to try to get inflation under control. But Vance, how far can raising rates go? If we're talking about gas prices, can they bring that down? The Federal Reserve raised interest rates 75 basis points today. Now, that initial move itself won't bring down inflation. Uh, What we really need to see is the slowing of the money supply that they've been putting out to the economy. Unfortunately, things will probably get worse before they get better. And this really won't influence a lot of the gas prices because that's dealing with oil production. And so what we really need to see is more of a pro-growth approach that allows people to have more jobs, 
It allows for more production to happen, and that will bring it down you know, across the economy, not just oil and gas, but across the economy, and that will bring down prices. And so I think a good step today by the Federal Reserve is raising 75 basis points, but there's going to be much more for them to do. You know, on that point of gas prices, what's your reaction to President Biden's blaming oil refineries taking profit for high gas prices? Well, I mean, what you have to look at is the overall profit margin. What we haven't seen is uh, large increases in profitability by these firms. I mean, they, yes, there are profits, but not historically speaking. You have to compare these over time. And it's just another way for the Biden administration to deflect from their poor policies to not produce here in this country. And instead, they're going to Saudi Arabia and to Venezuela and asking them to produce more when we've got a lot more oil here at home. Now, Vance, what are the limitations of just purely, you know, raising interest rates? Which prices can be lowered? Which ones won't be affected at all? Well, the first thing that we see whenever you raise interest rates is that it first affects, you know, the stock market. Also, bond prices tend to go down as we've seen interest rates go up. I mean, mortgage rates are now over 6%. And then over time, as the Fed pulls more money out of the private sector, you'll see lower prices um, in, you know, at, the, at the food, you know, when you go to the store, when you buy gas and other things. But that takes a lot longer to take, take place just from raising the interest rate by the Federal Reserve. Now, talking about the economy, if the Fed takes more drastic action, it could make unemployment higher and a shrinking economy more likely. I want to know, Vance, is this a good trade-off? Well, it's not a good trade-off. Things will begin to slow. It can only be a boom for so long before the bust will hit. And unfortunately, it will be hit hard because of higher interest rates, um, slower economic growth, and a higher unemployment rate over time. But it's almost necessary to get away from these bad policies out of D.C. that we've had from the Biden administration's overregulation, Congress's overspending, and the Fed's overprinting of money. Now we need to see the opposite of that, to where things can deflate and get back to some sort of normalcy in the economy. You know, in, in the discussion of lowering inflation, some economists are proposing uh, pro-growth policies like lowering flat rate tax or limiting uh, government spending. Uh, w what do you think about that, Vance? I think that's exact, exactly what we need right now. We need those pro-growth policies. Um, whenever you look at the time of the Trump administration, of the deregulation that took place and the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, there was just an extraordinary amount of growth that happened then where real inflation-adjusted median household income reached, reached the highest on record. The poverty rate reached the lowest on record, and this was across demographics. And that was without this massive amount of government spending that's been put in the economy and the regulation that's been put on the economy by the Biden administration. And I think we need to return back to what we had before and then look at the states and say, okay, states, what have y'all been doing right? What's been working? It's by limiting spending, providing tax relief, and not over-regulating the economy. And if you do that, we'll have a soaring economy across the country again, and more jobs, and lower inflation, and gas prices to boot. Vance Ginn, Chief Economist at Texas Policy Foundation, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. How will the Fed's decision to raise rates affect the housing market? When interest rates rise, so do mortgage rates. That means homes will become even less affordable. So will prices come down? NTD's Faye Quarter has more. 
Housing prices have risen a lot in the past few months, but now the Fed has raised interest rates, which generally leads to higher mortgage rates, lower mortgage demand, and lower housing prices. We're seeing a slowdown of the increase in pricing. So it's not that prices are down in housing, it's that the rate of increase has gone down. Robert Helms is co-host of the Real Estate Guys radio show. Helms has a network of agents. They tell him housing will currently be less affordable, with prices remaining high and mortgage rates rising at the same time. And total mortgage volume was down 52.7% last week compared to the same week last year. We used to have 25 buyers for a house and then it went down to let's say 10 to 15 buyers for a house. So demand is still very, very high. Uh, even last week, I put two houses on the market. I sold them for twenty dollars and $30,000 over the asking price. Charles Weinrab is the CEO of Handsome Home Buyer. His firm flips houses all over New York's Nassau and Suffolk counties, which contain over 7 million people. He hasn't seen prices coming down, and he's still selling for above asking price. But he has seen fewer buyers. I personally think that home prices will continue to slow down. I've heard any numbers from 0% appreciation next year to 4% appreciation next year. Nicole Ruth is the senior vice president of Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation, which has hundreds of locations across the country. Ruth says that 4% appreciation, or in other words, a 4% price increase, will be a relief after two years of double-digit appreciation. There are still plenty of people out there who are willing to buy, which helps push prices up. And then, like I said, there are other problems like global supply chain issues, which means that builders, because they have to spend more money on raw materials like lumber or maybe more money on things like labor, they have to charge higher amounts for their homes. Jacob Channel is the senior economist for LendingTree. Channel says there are also not enough houses hitting the market to cause a major price decline. He also believes prices will fall a bit more over time. It's faster than you would think. I mean, I think the news cycle now is specifically reporting on it, has people on their heels a little bit when it comes to purchasing uh, homes. Sean Pappas is a partner at Star Associates. Pappas believes prices will come down all across the country. Faye Quarter, NTD News. Gas prices keep rising across the nation, and President Biden is ramping up the pressure on oil companies. Today, he blasted them for not putting more gas on the market. He sent a letter to oil executives, accusing them of taking advantage of the shortage to pad their profits. Oil companies have made historic profits this year, as crude oil prices topped $100 per barrel. Much of those profits have been used for share buybacks, rather than expanding refining capacity. A fossil fuel industry lobby group responded to Biden, saying instead of political grandstanding, the government should focus on solutions like unleashing domestic production. Also today, Senator Ron Wyden of Oregon defended his proposal to impose a surtax on oil companies. He's floating a bill to place a 21% surtax on profits that exceed 10%. This is not an excise tax. This is a strong message to the big oil companies that when you milk the tax code for expenses, for example, like stock buybacks, you're exploiting the well-being of Americans. Analysts say such a tax could dampen investments in the oil industry at a time when they need to spend more on new drilling. Wyden's plan is unlikely to pass since he would need West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin's support. 
Manchin's district relies heavily on traditional energy. It comes as the CEO of oil giant Chevron says he doesn't see any new oil refineries being built in the United States. He says because the federal government's current policy is to reduce the demand for oil, that's making it very hard in a company where investments have a payout period of a decade or more. Wall Street ended rallied today after the Federal Reserve raised interest rates as expected. The Dow rose 304 points, or 1%. The S&P gained 55 points, or 1.5%. And the Nasdaq added 271 points, or 2.5%. Airfare prices are skyrocketing beyond pre-pandemic levels. Experts say at blame are surging fuel costs and pent-up demand following COVID lockdowns. Entity's Sean Marshall has a few tips on how to save money on travel costs. If you plan to travel by plane, buying tickets early is something to consider to help you save a little money. Prices for domestic travel in May have increased 30% over 2019 levels and 6.2% over April, according to Adobe Analytics. Travel writer and author Jen Ruiz has some tips for saving money on airfare, like flight alerts. Flight alerts have people that notify you immediately when there's a deal. So deals come to your inbox by companies whose sole job it is to find those deals, like Scott's Cheap Flights. Uh, That's my favorite flight alert program. Higher fares cause bookings to dip 2.3% in May. Ruiz also brought up some advantages of points and frequent flyer miles when traveling to a specific destination at a specific time. So I've flown with points and miles to New Zealand for $38, you know, from Thailand to Miami for $80, from um, Florida to Ecuador for $16. You can also save money on vacation by using sites like Airbnb Experiences to find activities. I saved about 10% doing this before. I'll find an activity that I know I want to do on one of these sites, and then I go straight to their website, and it saves me money by being able to book directly and not through the third party. Hopefully some of these tips can save you money in your travel adventures. Sean Marshall, NTD News. Speaking of flying, one of the largest airplane makers in the world, Boeing, is moving its headquarters out of Chicago, Illinois. Now, Caterpillar, the world's largest maker of construction equipment, is following suit. After spending nearly 100 years in Illinois, Caterpillar is relocating its headquarters to Texas, right outside of Dallas. It says the move will support the company's plans to make more money. Allstate Insurance also sold its headquarters in Illinois late last year. Healthcare company Baxter is also selling its headquarters in the state in an effort to adapt to a hybrid work model as fewer workers go to the office. Lego said today it will invest more than $1 billion to build a factory in the U.S. It's part of a plan to shorten supply chains and keep up with the growing demand in one of its biggest markets. The Danish toy maker said the plant will be located in Chesterfield County, Virginia. The investment is in line with a decade-old strategy of placing production close to its key markets. The company says this has been beneficial as the global retail industry continues to face supply chain issues. Lego reported impressive gains last year, with sales growing 27 percent in 2021. The Virginia factory will employ more than 1,700 people. It's scheduled to open in the second half of 2025. 
Still to come, a, Calif a, a Chicago startup helping people turn their dreams into reality by connecting aspiring artists with industry experts. Microsoft saying goodbye to Internet Explorer, setting, shutting the browser down after 27 years. That and more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. It's not what you know, it's who you know. For artists, breaking into the entertainment industry is one of the biggest obstacles to overcome. Now, a Chicago startup has come up with a solution to help aspiring artists gain access to insiders and opportunities to make their dreams come true. Yeah, I was an aspiring uh, music producer. I made music for other people and wanted to do that professionally and get my songs on the radio or you know heard by millions of people. Um, but I didn't have the right connections to do that. Jackson Jin turned his problem into a business idea in the spring of 2021. The business idea is to connect aspiring artists with industry experts for advice and help to launch their careers. If every single person was accessible, no matter how hard to reach or how important or how famous. And if you could get your talent in front of them, you might be able to impress them and change your life. Bringing an idea to life takes funding and, of course, knowing the right people. It was a lot of networking and hustling. I would try to meet someone who could make another introduction. And then once you get your first brand name person, everything else starts to fall uh, into place. So one of our very first angel investors was Will Smith. With backing from A-listers and an $8.5 million seed funding round led by Sequoia Capital, Jin and co-founder Michael Cruz founded Protege in the summer of 2021. Protege is an online platform giving users access to expert advice for a fee. Hey, yo, check this out. This is DJ Calvin, and I want to listen to your music right here on Protege because I might see something or hear something that I want to sign, or I might even use a beat for my album. Depending on how big the expert is, how famous they are, how in demand they are, they set their own price, which ranges anywhere from $10 to several hundred dollars. For each 60-second audition video, Protégé takes a 25% commission. Today, Protégé has more than 30,000 users worldwide, and 3,000 of them have sent in videos for expert feedback. The experts include Grammy Award-winning producer DJ Khaled, singer-songwriter BB Rexa, and actor Jason Alexander. Lucky applicants like Liz Lockrey and Josh Bryant were already selected by the experts. They say it takes 10 years to be an overnight success, so I feel like that'll kind of be my story as well. Um, I just I didn't expect to, to, be, to be chosen today, so it's amazing news. Really easy submission process. I think Protégé is definitely creating a bridge between artists and artists. Well, this call to let you know that you won, brother. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm stunned. 
The young startup's ambition goes beyond the entertainment industry and has started recruiting business experts from different industries. Reporting by Angela Moy, NTD News. It's the end of an online era. Microsoft is killing what was once the king of internet browsers. This is the message that currently displays when you first open Internet Explorer. As you can see, it says the browser will be retired on Wednesday, June 15th. Microsoft will no longer support the application on certain versions of its Windows 10 operating system. Internet Explorer debuted in 1995 as part of the Windows 95 operating system. It became an instant hit and at one point commanded 95% of the browser market. But that was then. Now it supposedly sits at around only 5%. Microsoft even turned its back on the browser, releasing an entirely new app called Microsoft Edge in 2015. And for the last two years, it's been slowly removing support for Internet Explorer within its own products. Meta has announced two new safety features targeting teens on Instagram. The company says the first initiative will hopefully nudge teens away from harmful content. The nudges are actually notifications Meta says will pop up with suggestions for teens who repeatedly look at the same type of content in Instagram's Explore section. They're hoping the notification will steer teens away from harmful content and encourage them to explore new topics. The platform will also remind teens to take time away from Instagram with its take a break feature. Meta says users will be able to turn on a reminder that will show up when they have been scrolling for a period of time. Both features are currently being tested in six countries, including the US, UK and Canada. Meta plans to launch them on Instagram later this summer. One of the largest manufacturers of baby products is warning customers about some of its rockers. The issue is with the Fisher-Price infant-to-toddler and newborn-to-toddler rockers. Fisher-Price and the Consumer Product Safety Commission says that at least 13 children have died between 2009 and 2021. Fisher-Price says children should never be allowed to sleep in the rockers, and they should always be supervised. The company recommends parents watch videos on its St Safe Start website for tips on how to use the product safely. Over in Japan, Kawasaki has developed an unusual robot. It's shaped like a goat and designed to carry heavy loads. The company says the robot can help with a labor shortage in the country's aging society. NTD's Andrew Thomas has the details. Dubbed Bex after the wild goat species Ibex, the robot can walk on four legs over rough terrains or move faster on smoother surfaces using wheels tucked in its underbelly. It moves with its four legs so it can walk over objects or walk on surfaces that may not be flat. It can also move on flat ground with speed using its wheel function. It can fold its legs, activate its wheels and move. Capable of carrying loads up to 220 pounds, the battery-powered BEX can move autonomously or by remote control. Known as a motorcycle company, Kawasaki began producing humanoid robots in 2017. The company decided to develop a four-legged prototype last year as a solution to a balancing problem its two-legged robots faced. BEX was designed to perform tasks in agricultural settings in an effort to address a labor crunch in rural Japan. 
In an aging society, it can help elderly people who need to move around carrying heavy cargo. For example, it can support the farming or forestry industries where people need to move heavy cargo. That's why we are developing it. The firm will continue testing BEX this year, and it hopes to commercialize the robot in 2023. Andrew Thomas, NTD News. If you have any news tips or feedback for the show, send us an email at business at ntd.com. That's the latest from the NTD business team and myself, Chenny Wu. You can still catch NTD Evening News with Stephanie Cox at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. You can follow me on Twitter, too. For NTD Business, that's all for today. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you tomorrow.